All right, it's the Keep to the City Yankees podcast, and the Yankees go to Toronto and win two of three. They win on Friday and Saturday, lose on Sunday to stop their nine-game winning streak, but they leave Toronto up another game on the Blue Jays in the standings at now 11 up on them as they are in second place and 13 up on the Rays, who I personally eliminated last week after they got swept by the Yankees at the stadium, eliminated them. They're eliminated. Goodbye, Rays. And now you could say the same to the Blue Jays. They're gone as well. The Blue Jays had to do damage against the Yankees this weekend. Even if they won the series two games to one, it wasn't enough. They had to sweep. They didn't. The goal for the Yankees was to go up there and just win once. They won twice. They won the Friday game with Ross Stripling on the mound, 12-3. to They won a game started by Alec Manoa, 4 nothing, And then they lose a game on Sunday, which we'll get to, where they had an 8-3 lead and had no business losing. But they end up losing that one. It either, you know... So overall, a successful trip, overall a successful series, but uh, just not what you want on Sunday. Uh, as for Friday, it's the Yankees go down one nothing early on in the second, not producing anything against Ross Stripling, which seems to be the case when they face him. But then second time through the order, they start to hit him. They get two in the fourth, eight runs in the fifth. Uh, to break it open, and they go on and win 12-3, to the 12 runs and 14 hits. Jordan Montgomery was solid, six innings, two runs. You got home runs from Stanton, LeMahieu, Rizzo, Gallo. Uh, yeah, it was a power performance from the Yankees. That's the type of performance you expect them to do against a pitcher like Stripling and a bullpen like the Blue Jays, which just isn't any good. I know it's been better of late, but it's not any good. And then on Saturday... They face Alec Manoa, who to me is the number one feared pitcher for the Yankees. He's the last guy I ever want to see. If the Yankees have to play the Blue Jays in the playoffs, I will not feel comfortable in any game he starts. He's just, he he's the exact type of guy. You know, big, powerful, right-handed arm, high velocity. He is what they cannot hit. And going back to last year when he made his major league debut and did well against them, he did well against them last year, he did well against them in his first start this year. Now, his last start against them was the game where Judge hit that big home run off him and the Yankees won. And then there's the game on Saturday where the Yankees just aren't doing anything for the first three innings, but neither are the Blue Jays because Jamison Tyone was once again phenomenal. Uh, and then the Yankees break through in the fourth inning with the bases loaded and Aaron Hicks up at a full count, uh, and he gets a pitch he can drive down the right field line. And Hicks hits bases clearing double, and this is second double of the season. We are about 40% of the way through the season. He has two doubles. Everyone wants to talk about the Yankees and how special the season is. And when you see moments like that, like when you get a game like the one on Wednesday night against the Rays where no one's doing anything against Shane McClanahan, who's the Cy Young favorite right now, and then Higashioka hits a three-run home run off him, and the Yankees finish, with, I think, where they have three or four hits in that game. One of them's a judge solo home run. One of them's a Higashioka home run. They win the game big time with, you know, the Rizzo Grand Slam breaks it open on Friday. On Saturday, it's Hicks, of all people, against Alec Manoa, of all pitchers. When you see moments like that, when the Yankees are beating a pitcher they just can't really do anything against, and it's Aaron Hicks, of all batters, doing the damage, it really does make you think this season is special. And if the Yankees don't win the World Series this year, it's it's very disappointing. It's been disappointing the last few years, but to be where they are right now, to be like basically playing at the level that the 1998 Yankees were playing, you know, there's 32 games over 500 here on June 19th. This team has to win the World Series. You're getting performances up and down the line. You're getting the best starting pitching of all time 
you know, some of these numbers they're throwing out on yes on Sunday about where they line up. I mean, they've given up the fewest runs through this amount of games in the history of baseball. You've got Judge on an MVP track. The back end of the bullpen's phenomenal. You're sprinkling performances from other guys, whether it's Matt Carpenter one day, it's it's Isaiah Kiner-Falefa another day, it's Rizzo another day, it's Glaber a few days. Everyone's having their moments. Jose Trevino's had his moments. Heron Hicks had his moment on Saturday. Gallo even had that, that big home run against the Tigers to tie the game a little while, you know, two weeks ago. Marvin Gonzalez is chipping in here and there. It's it's really just this is the type of magical season that usually leads to a championship. It's not guaranteeing them a championship. I I wouldn't be surprised. You know, it would be crushing if this team lost in the ALDS, but the teams they're going to face in the ALDS are all going to be worthy opponents. It could be the Blue Jays. It could be the Astros. It could be the Rays. It could be the Red Sox. And yes, the Yankees are lapping them here in the regular season, but in a short series where, you know, you have a bad break or a three-run home run in game one, and now all of a sudden you're 0-1 and you're 48 hours away from all this being for nothing, that's scary. And I know that's a story for another day, and it's actually a story for a few minutes right now, which we'll get to. But to, to, to just finish off on the Saturday game, you know, that's the type of game where you just start to feel like, fuck, this is, this is real. This, is, this, this could be a real thing. If they're going to beat Alec Manoa, if they're going to beat him, and it's going to be Aaron Hicks doing the damage, I don't know who's going to stop him. It was the perfect situation. It's the ideal formula I've talked about where you have the starter gives the ball to King, he gives the ball to Holmes, and you fucking good night, turn off the lights, Yankees win. That's that's the formula, and it worked. And they've now won games the last two times Alec Manoa started against them is impressive. Because they could win, he could face them two more times this season, I still won't feel good about it in October, but at least you know they can break through against him. So they win the first two games, 12-3, 4-0, on their way. Then you get the Sunday game where they go down early, first inning, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. finally breaks through. He hasn't done anything against the Yankees for a while now, and he hits that two-run homer off of Severino in the first inning, and it's like, okay, at some point, Vlad's going to get you. That's just how it goes. You just hope to end the series, or they leave New York, or you get out of Toronto before he gets you, and he got him on, on Sunday afternoon and two-run home run in the first inning. You say Kikuchi on the mound for the Blue Jays, who the Yankees, if you look at their individual numbers, each batter on the Yankees has like a 1,000 OPS against this guy. And in the first start of the season, that worked to their advantage. They beat him. He's already faced them two more times since, and he did well against them. Shut them down. And you can't see that happening again, especially with the way they've been going. In the second, Glaber hits a home run. He makes a 2-0. Then in the third, Josh Donaldson hits the two-run home run, and... <laughs> struts his way up the first baseline and fell, you know, on the grass, basically. The fuck he's doing. And, and Donaldson, his first at-bat, he got grazed by a pitch. You would have thought Yusei Kikuchi threw it in his earpiece. He's fucking smashing his bat on the ground. He, Josh Donaldson's nuts. He's a fucking crazy person. I wish he would do more of what he did with hitting that home run. That was his sixth home run of the season. A guy the Yankees are paying $24 million to this year and next year, who was supposed to be like the centerpiece focal point of the trade in the offseason, he's been awful. He's been awful. Yeah, he hit a home run on fucking Sunday in Toronto. He has six home runs. He's 0-2 every at-bat. He grounds out to 30, strikes out. He's just, he's not been good. He's been actually really bad. <laughs> really, really bad. His OPS is barely above 700. He bats off of his name, you know, opening day is first. Sunday's third, he's batted fifth, fourth. He's everywhere in the top half of the fucking order because of his name, but he's you know, he's not living up to his name. 
when he was not a Yankee, he was one of the most feared hitters in the league for me. Now when he comes up, I'm like, well, there's a fucking out. It's good to see him break through and hit that home run um, because it was Kikuchi. He's not a hard thrower. He's left-handed. That's the guy Donaldson should hit home runs off of because he's not doing shit against right-handed pitching. And any right-handers who throw fucking hard, he has no chance against. So the Yankees are up 3-2. Then in the fifth, they add another three. So now it's 6-2. The Blue Jays get one back in the fifth. It's 6-3. In the top of the sixth, the Yankees make it 8-3. And you're thinking, okay, there's 12 outs to go. They've got this wrapped up. And this is where things get interesting. In the bottom of the sixth, Severino's at 89 pitches. He had to have his start skipped recently because of an illness. So he's been moved back. He was obviously just sick. You you scratched him from his start recently because of it. That was the Clark Schmidt-Ryan Weber game. You got five innings out of the guy. You, he gave up three runs. Okay, it's not his best start, but it's doable. And the Yankees have already scored eight, so fucking it's enough. But Boone sends him back out for the sixth. And at this point, he's at 89 pitches. So it's going to take 11 pitches or less to stay 100 or less to get three outs. And you're going in to face Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Kirk, and Teoscar Hernandez, the three, four, five hitters of the Blue Jays. The chances you're getting out of there on 11 pitches is very minimal. The chance you're getting out of there in a clean inning is very minimal. But Boone sends him back out. And right away, Vlad gets on base. Then Kirk gets on base on a walk. And then Boone goes and relieves him. So now Severino ends up throwing 13 pitches to knock it two outs, to give no outs. And he's at 102 pitches, comes out of the game, has this bad taste in his mouth after a pretty good start, coming off his illness, coming off of his scratch start. And he's got two on and no outs with a five-run lead, and Boone goes to Miguel Castro. I don't trust Miguel Castro when it's a 10-run lead and he's coming in in a clean inning. But now he's coming into a five-run game, There's two on. There's no outs. It's not a clean inning. He could have started the inning. He should have started the inning. It would have made fucking all the sense in the world. But he brings in a guy who has, you know, I'm not going to say great stuff because he doesn't have great stuff. He he doesn't know a fucking idea where the ball is going, so he can't have great stuff. Let's say he could have great stuff. He could have exceptional stuff. But he doesn't know how to control his pitches. He doesn't know where the ball is going. He comes in first pitch slider. It's like fucking five feet outside for an easy take for Teoscar Hernandez. And... You just have this bad feeling. Like, why did you let Severino go back out there? Why is Castro coming in with two on? He should have had the clean inning. It just, it's not good. And Boone does this shit all the time. And it hasn't even gotten to the to the bad part yet. But Teoscar Hernandez grounds out. So now it's first and second with one out. And then he gets Espinal to strike out swinging. So now it's first and second with two outs. And Matt Chapman's up. Okay, you, you let him see Chapman. We'll see what happens. Chapman walks on five pitches. Easy walk for him. A guy who he shouldn't be walking. And now it's bases loaded with two outs. The uh, the tying run is in the on-deck circle. And Gurriel Jr. comes up and hits a fucking grand slam to left center. And at that moment, you're like, well, that's fucking terrible. But it was pretty much obvious what was going to take place here at some point. Either someone was clearing the bases with a gap, with a you know a gapper for a double. Something was going to happen that was bad. Because... Boone tried to steal outs with Severino. He tried to push him a little farther than he needed to be pushed. He brings Castro in without a clean inning. It just it was just ugly. It was it was illogical. And and that happens with Boone a lot of the time. So now he's got Wandy Peralta up. And he's ready to come in. And now the bases are clear. There's two outs. The Blue Jays have cut it from 8-3 to 8-7. So Yankees lead by one. There's no one on base, and there's two outs. And there's a left-handed batter up. Wandy Peralta is a left-handed pitcher. He's ready to come in the game. 
But Boone lets Kasha stay out there and face him. And 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 Tapia hits a double. So now the tying run is on second. And now Boone goes to Wandy Peralta for George Springer, who's righty. Like, what am I watching here? If Peralta comes in and retires Tapia, when I know there's not, you know, there's the fucking whole Blue Jays lineup is righty. But if he comes in, Peralta comes in and faces Tapia, gets him out. The Yankees have the 8-7 lead. Peralta can come out of the game because he doesn't have to face three batters if you finish an inning. And then you can let someone else face the top of the order with Springer. But he doesn't. He br- he brings he lets the right-handed Castro face Tapia, despite the fact he just gave up a fucking grand slam after a walk. Clearly doesn't have it. And then he lets Peralta face Springer, and thankfully Springer gets retired on a pop-up. So then we go to the seventh, where the Yankees don't score, so they're holding a one-run lead because... Donaldson pops up and Stanton and Torres strike out. And now we go to the bottom of the seventh, and you have Wandy Peralta on the mound, who doesn't throw hard at all. He's a left handed, and he's about to face Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And let me backtrack for a second, just quickly. Severino, when he was sent back after the sixth, was going to face Guerrero and Kirk and, and Tasker Hernandez for the third time when he's out of gas, coming off the on the scratch start. That just to add more fuel to the fire of Boone's nonsense. Just stupidity. But now Wandy Peralta comes back out for the seventh. Left-handed Peralta against Bo Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and Kirk. Bichette singles, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. grounds out, or Alejandro Kirk walks. Then Peralta stays in the game with Teoscar Hernandez up. Stays in the game. While the Yankees have all these right-handed relievers in, he's letting the lefty face Teoscar Hernandez, who hits a three-run home run. Okay, you're thinking, okay, Peralta's coming out. No, Peralta will face another right-handed hitter in Santiago Espinal, who does fly out. But then Boone goes to Ron Miranaccio, a righty. Where was Ron Miranaccio for Hernandez or Espinal or to start the fucking inning? Because it's righty, 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 righty. In the seventh inning, Wandy Peralta faced five right-handed batters in a row. And then Boone went to the right-handed pitcher. And by then it was too late. The Blue Jays already had the lead. The Yankees do get one back in the eighth on an Anthony Rizzo pinch hit home run, but they end up losing 10-9. And anyone who wants to say, Deal, why are you complaining? The Yankees are 49-17. and You eliminated the Rays. You eliminated the Blue Jays. The Red Sox have been eliminated. They're going to the playoffs. I understand all that. I understand that from now until October, it's just like cruise control. It's a fucking coast to get to the, to the playoffs. The Yankees are going to the playoffs. It's a guarantee. If they do not make the playoffs with this record, every single person should no longer be employed by the Yankees associated with the team. That's that's how much of a lead they have. They're going to the playoffs. I'm not mad that they lost a game. They're going to lose games. I'm mad about the way they lost. Because the way they lost is a way they could lose in October, and that's because of Aaron Boone. And people who want to say, oh, you need to give him credit, you can't get on him on the losses but not give him credit on the wins, sure the fuck I can, because he has zero to do with the fucking Yankees' success. Because otherwise, they gave this, he had the same fucking team last year, and the team was awful, and now all of a sudden they're great. Did he just become a better manager overnight? No, the players are playing better. But the games that are close games where he has to make decisions, he always makes the wrong decision. And I, and I hear people all the time who tell me, oh, well, he can't manage like he does in the regular in the postseason, the regular season. It's too long. It's a grind. He can't do that. Everyone will get burnt out. But he does do this in the postseason. We have four years of proof, of data, 
of games of decisions of his where he does this in the playoffs. Go back to 2018 against the Red Sox, Game 3, with Severino and the bases loaded shit show, and then Lance Lynn in the third inning. Go back to Game 4 with CC Sabathia, letting him face the entire fucking right-handed lineup a second time just so he could face Jackie Bradley Jr., the 9-hitter who sucks. Okay? Go back to Game 6 of the ALCS and his pitching decisions, or Game 2 of that ALCS. Fucking with Jay Happ in extra innings. Go to 2020, the entire ALDS against the Rays, with the Game 2 debacle between Davey Garcia and Jay Happ. Okay? Go back to last year in the one-game playoff against the Red Sox where he let every single play- pitcher keep going. There were no clean innings. It was like, let's see if Garrett Cole has it. He doesn't have it. Let's let him put a couple people on. Next pitcher. Let's see if they have it. No, put a couple guys on. Just always manages it. With the, the situation you saw in the seventh inning on Sunday is a situation that has come up multiple times in the playoffs on Aaron Boone, and he has handled it the same fucking way. So don't be fooled. Don't think that he's going to turn on a switch in October and be someone different. He's not. He's not. These are the same kind of moves he will make in October because he's done it in the past. I just gave you several examples of it. He will do the same thing then that he does now. So don't be fooled and think, oh, because it's not October, things will be different. They won't be different. The number one threat to the Yankees winning a championship is Aaron Boone. It's not the Rays. It's not the Blue Jays. It's not the Astros. It's their own manager. They win in spite of him. It's easy to win on games like on Friday night when you fucking blow a team out 12-3 or on Saturday where it can just go starter, king, homes. It takes no fucking brains to do that. But when there's shit in the middle innings, when the fifth, sixth inning, you have to start making decisions and he has to start making decisions, it's ugly. And I get it. I get that they're 49 and 17. I get it. I'm not upset about the I'm not upset that they lost. I'm upset with the way they lost. It's two different things. Because everything the team does from now until game 162 is to prepare for October. That's staying healthy, that's upgrading the roster by August 2nd, that's watching how the manager manages because he will be forced to do this in the playoffs. So the playoffs, the games are not going to be like they were on Friday, 12-3. It's going to be very rare that you're going to go starter king home in the playoffs. You're going to have games like Sunday where you have to make multiple bullpen decisions to get it to king and homes. And he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And it's scary. It's the, it, there's, the two things that scare me the most are that, his in-game management, his bullpen decisions, and the offense just having its annual October disappearing act. You can't plan for the October annual disappearing act. It could just happen. Happens to some of the best teams of all time. Could happen to this team. But you like to think you can plan and prevent the decision-making that Boone does that leads to situations like you saw on Sunday. But he's never gotten better at it. This is year five. He has shown no signs of progression. He's doing the same things. He did this just a few nights ago. This this happens multiple times a week where like a lefty's up to face a lefty, but he lets the righty stay in, and then he brings the lefty in to face the righty. He can't give anyone a clean inning. The starter's always got to try to steal another inning. This happens all the time. And just because they're 49 and 17 doesn't make it okay. Doesn't make it okay by any stretch. The Yankees are an organization that tries to optimize every aspect of the organization every little thing they can do to maybe get them another win they'll do it whether it's signing this guy 
you know, getting sleep consultants to determine when they should, when their flight should be on road trips, you know, what time they should leave the stadium. They've got sports psychologists, nutritionists, strength training. They brought on Eric Cressy and his whole fucking team to change the entire, you know, health and medical aspect of the team. They do every little thing they can to make themselves that much better, even if it's the slimmest margin, better than every other team in the league. But when it comes to manager, they're fine with this fucking guy doing things like he did on Sunday, which was just one of dozens of times he's done this already this year, in past seasons, in past Octobers, and he can't fuck it up this October. The Yankees missed their chance in 18. They missed it in 19. They missed it in 20. They missed it in 21. This team is going to the playoffs. They will will never be in a situation for the rest of the season where they're like battling a regular season game like it's the postseason. Not like last year where they didn't clinch a postseason berth until the final pitch of the regular season. That won't happen this year. This team is headed there. This team is headed for north of 100 wins. They could compete with the, the Mariners for the most wins, regular season wins ever. That's how that's how dominant they've been playing. But once they get to October, it's a fucking whole different game. It's a best of five, and then a seven, and if you get there, another seven. There's no there's no room for this nonsense bullshit. So when I get upset about this, it's not because I'm mad that the Yankees lost and are now forty nine and seventeen. I'm mad because I can see this happening in October. I really can because it's happened before. And there's nothing to say it won't happen again. And it's scary. And it's it's really, really scary. Because you cannot waste this type of season. This is a championship season. Last year was supposed to be the Yankees pissed it away. The year before that was supposed to be injuries fucked them. The year before that was supposed to be they made zero moves at the deadline in 19. Had no starting pitching, pitching in the ALCS and faded away. In 18, they were good enough. They just got run out of their own fucking building by the Red Sox with some help from their own manager. I'm just I'm just worried that something bad like this could happen in October and it could be the difference between ruining one of the best seasons in the history of the Yankees regular season terms or winning the championship and winning for the first time in 13 years. So I'm not mad that they lost again. I'm just mad with the way they lost. Now they'll go to Tampa to face the Rays. It should be a big series, but it's not because the Rays, like I said, have been eliminated. They are fucked in the AL East. They're not coming back. If they sweep the Yankees this weekend, they're 10 games back. Maybe 10 games back if they sweep them. They're still double-digit back. The Yankees just go there. You win one game. Boom, three games off the schedule, three head-to-head games off the schedule, and the best the Rays could be is 12 back if you just go win one game. That's why they're eliminated. And the Rays are abysmal. Holy fuck. You watch them. I was watching them on Sunday play Baltimore. They lost 2-1. to one. They lost 2 out of 3 of the Orioles. They have no offense. They're just so bad. And it's not like it's any different from last week when I was at the stadium watching them or, you know, watch the Yankees sweep them. It's the same team. They just, they're fucking terrible. They try to beat you with blue pits and, like, these fake fucking rallies. If you do not walk the Rays, they will not get base runners unless they get crazy, you know, Babbitt luck and the ball's just fucking floating in over over the shortstop's head or something. They're not good. Their pitching is good. You're going to see Shane McClanahan again on Monday night. His number's outrageous. He has, like, what I see as 105 strikeouts or something nuts to, to 15 walks. Yeah, 105 strikeouts to 15 walks in 78 and 30 innings. That's silly. That's silly. 
So between him or Nestor Cortez or Alec Manoa or Justin Verlander, those are your four for the Cy Young. Unless, you know, McClanahan, I mean, he's leading the league in ERA, strikeouts, whip. He's, his numbers are silly. The Yankees beat him on Wednesday. He had the judge solo home run, the Gashioka three-run home run. That was the Gashioka's moment for the season. And uh, maybe they can do that again on, on Monday. They got three games at the Trop and home for four games against the Astros. It's a big week. I mean, it's as big of a week as you'll see for the rest of the regular season because of the Yankees' lead. Three against the Rays, four against the Astros, then back home for three against the A's, and on the road against the Astros for that one game, and then to Cleveland for three, and then 4th of July they're not playing. So they've got 14 games in a row here before their next off day. A big week, Tampa and Houston. As big of a week as you'll have for the rest of the season, it's it's uh, it's just the goal is now to just see how many wins this team can stack and and try to make history and then get ready for October. But can't have losses like Sunday, and I know that that shouldn't be the focal point of the weekend because of you know they won the series, they won two out of three, they had a great offensive performance on Friday, they beat Alec Manoa on Saturday. That's all great, but this Sunday it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth because it's a situation that could have been avoided. It, it was a it was an avoidable situation, and and they blew a chance to sweep a team. Not that they needed it; they didn't need to sweep the Blue Jays. It's not going to make a difference, you know, at all in this season. It's not. The Blue Jays are done; they're eliminated. But it matters to me, and it should matter to all Yankees fans because it's a, it's a possibility something like that could come up in October, and you do not want to see that in October. So. That'll do it for today. Yankees-Rays begins on Monday night at the Trop. Three-game series. Garrett Cole against Shane McClanahan. I'll be back after the game to talk about it. Thanks for listening. Talk to you after the game.